And this is Talking Pictures, our weekly review of movies and film. I'm Hollis Monroe. Joining us once again, our resident film guru, this time bringing us something from the master of horror, the giallo style, Dario Argento. Joining us, Professor Film Encyclopedia Brown. Hello out there. And joining us from an undisclosed location in Florida this morning, our, our film guru emeritus, Mr. Denny Lynch. And it's almost sweater weather here. Oh, oh my. And he's wow. going to take a look at some potential Oscar nominees as well in the horror genre. Film, start us off with this new film from Dario Argento. Oh, yes. And when Dario Argento speaks, uh, well, you should pay attention. Uh, he's uh, the maestro of a gallo, maestro of Italian horror, following in the footsteps of another maestro, Mario Bava, who actually assayed, some people argue, the first gallo film, Girl Who Knew Too Much, mm. which uh, kind of tells you some of the, what gallo is about, kind of drawing from Hitchcock, from Poe, and from Edgar Wallace type of stuff as well, uh, from the German tradition, because mm. there's a lot of German uh, films that follow Edgar Wallace. Uh, what is gallo? Yellow cinema. Okay, in uh, cinema itself, really 60s and 70s are the heyday of that, but Gallo is still being produced. Uh, it is a heightened sense of mystery with, uh, that focuses on extreme violence, also eroticism, uh, and a great deal of irony. Uh, often uh, what you have in Gallo is a protagonist, either male or female, who witnesses something uh, through a variety of different ways to witness things, uh, and is uh, implicated, drawn in uh, to, well, some kind of uh, crime, which uh, they have to either extricate themselves from it by, well, becoming, this is very Hitchcockian in this sense, you become the thing that you're blamed for in order to get out of it, try to figure out how to get out of it, or to escape a killer who has marked you uh, because you have witnessed things. Now, there are a variety of different ways that one can witness, uh, one can th see something, Okay, And often what you see is not what you saw. Mm -hmm. You think you saw what you saw. Uh, or that you uh, overheard something, which uh, Gallo not only traces in the Italian world, it also comes into Spain. There are American versions, too. I mean, if you take a look at some of the De Palma things oh, yes. uh, as well. So you can overhear something. And in overhearing something, uh, that can also draw you into misrecognition. I just like to think about what Gallo is about. Also through sense of smell. You hmm. might smell something. Hint, okay, got something to do, okay, uh, I'm not going to go too far in that. Or you have a heightened sense of sensibility, like you have the Stendhal syndrome, uh, where you have a certain heightened reaction to art or to beauty, uh, which uh, can, uh, what, disable you. Or you have an affinity for understanding what insects say <laughs> as a phenomenon, okay. So he's been very much involved, Argento, in a whole variety of shaping that and so on. What we have here is uh, a story of a uh, serial killer who has uh, been uh, focusing upon killing uh, prostitutes. And our main figure here is Diana, played very well by Elena Pastorelli, who is a prostitute, high-cost uh, prostitute who, uh, well... Call girl. Call girl, yes, who falls into a... Uh, uh, sort of a, well, a misrecognition, if you will, or a recognition of, uh, of a killing or of the killer themselves. And the killer has marked, she gets away and the, uh, she is being hunted down uh, by this killer. And in the process of doing this, uh, she gets uh, rear-ended while she's being chased by this van and she gets into a wreck, which the consequence is, is that she is blind. Oh, 
And likewise, that the drivers of the car, the parents, okay, there's three in the car, two parents and a little kid, a little Chinese kid, and uh, the parents are, well, killed, okay? And she, now this is where Giallo sort of, uh, you have to swallow a lot for Giallo. Some things just don't make sense, okay? okay. She takes, uh, uh, what, custody of, not legally, but she takes custody of the little kid, and the little kid becomes sort of her eyes that guide her about. Ah, okay. uh, very much like Cat of uh, Nine Tales, where Carl Malden plays the blind man and has a little girl who uh, mm, helps yeah. him around, okay, which is another Argento film. Um, what we have, okay, uh, the film is, one of the things, the hallmarks of uh, Gallo and of Argento is uh, very stylistic, Okay, if you're looking for a coherent narrative, forget it. Okay, that, that goes out the window. You, you, like, why, how did I get from here to there? Well, just you did. Okay, so take, you just go with it, right? Uh, and you think of Argento, some of the, the supreme uh, stylistic moments of like Suspiria, uh, Profundo Rosso, uh, where the killings are a, a near operatic mm -hmm. uh, fashion. One of the problems with this film is is the killings are more realistic, and we don't—they're not so operatic. I don't know if he's gotten a little jaded in his older years here. Hmm. It's been ten years since he made a film, okay, True. and his last film stunk badly, okay, Dracula 3D. So say no more about that. Uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, what you have here is again a string of murders and so on, uh, and uh, uh, she uh, kind of has to, with the help of the little Chinese boy, try to escape and try to at the same time dope out who, who who's doing it. And things. Likewise, the hallmark of Gallo is, is that law enforcement is uh, kind of stupid. Okay? Mm, competent. Yes. Yeah, so they usually have the main detective and his sidekick, which you have in here, who just, you know, are clueless. They kind of come upon things after the fact and kind of like, well, unzip the bag and let me look. Well, it looks horrible. Okay. And it's like, why weren't you there to stop it in the first place? Um, Killings are plenty, uh, but not as operatic in style as it should be. Great uh, performances, though, by Pastorella and by Zhang, who plays the little Chinese boy. I think it does a fantastic job in this film. Uh, it falls into silliness near the end, uh, particularly when they get into the swamp, and it, it just sort of like, oh, boy. I mean, even uh, I think Argento would come up with something better than this. Uh, and he wrote the screenplay for this as well. Um, does it work totally? No. Uh, but again, Baba is—I mean, uh, Argento is worth looking at, either at an academic level of how how is he doing, what how does he work within, how is the giallo uh, sort of progressing, uh, or at a uh, you know entertainment level, it might not grab you. Okay, uh, if you can afford the eggs, put your uh, uh, you know your egg head on and enjoy it academically, or uh, forget the eggs and just try to take some entertainment out of it. But a person who raises chickens, I don't worry about it. <laughs> okay. Uh, Danny, you have a, a smorgasbord of possible Oscar nominees for us. Right. Um, I get Variety and I get The Hollywood Reporter, and they both listed some movies that they think might be nominated for Oscars when they come out. The nominations come out, I think, next Tuesday. So I decided to look at a few of them, and what I noticed was all of them had sequences that could be in a horror film. It's not the dominant um, mood of the film, but they all pop up. So I'm just going to briefly talk about several films. Causeway, Jennifer Connell, or Jennifer Lawrence sorry, is a vet with PTSD, and she's trying to reconnect with society. She was injured by an IED in Afghanistan, and her motivation to recover is her desire to return to the war zone. 
we are shown uh, we aren't shown anything of her time there. This is a quiet character study of people coping with the after effects of their wounds. It's quiet, it's subtle, but it's an effective use of a horrible event on a character's development. It's all done with discussions. She makes one friend who has had an incident in his past, and they describe these things that have happened. They don't show you. It's very subtle, very quiet, very impressive. I find it did catch up with Elvis, the Baz Luhrmann film, and it's been reviewed here, but the horror here is how the con man Colonel Parker trapped the young artist into a career that destroyed him. Yeah. Uh, when I was working for the cable company in 77, when he died, I <coughs> called my girlfriend because I saw it come over the wire services that he had passed away. And I called her at work and passed it on and she refused to believe me. He was mm -hmm. only 42 at the time. The menu, uh, a group of characters are invited to a fancy meal put on very, by a very famous chef played by Richard <coughs> Fine. A young woman, Anya Taylor-Joy, is an unexpected substitute for one of the guests. We eventually learn why the diners have been invited. Um, and it's kind of like an Agatha Christie plot. About halfway through the film, we start to learn why these guests are at this meeting. The drama turns slowly to tragedy and various horrors are inflicted by a monster who feels justified at dispensing the appropriate treatments to each guest. Uh, one minor note, there's a reference early on in the film that the island is only 12 acres big. I'm sorry, I grew up on a farm that was 11 acres. <laughs> that is not a 12-acre island. I don't know how much bigger it is. 20 might be, maybe 30. Anyway, a minor point. Um, very bloody occasionally, uh, kind of horrifying. Some of these characters do not come to good, uh, good uh, futures, but mm -hmm. I won't tell you anymore. I've also known that you guys have talked about the uh, Banshees of Inner Sharon. The film starts with a fellow played by Brendan Gleeson tells another fellow played by Colin Farrell that he doesn't want to be friends anymore. No explanation is given, and the rest of the film is based on Farrell's attempts to understand and to restore their former friendship. Gleeson rejects his, his attempts, only slowly revealing a possible cause for the split. Simply put, people change. But the repeated attempts at restoration only lead to a prolonged escalation of incidents that become more dramatic and eventually quite horrible. This is a very powerful film that leaves a strong sense of sympathy for a man who refuses to accept that others might change, but that it isn't his fault. Um, it's a film with two very powerful performances. On a personal note, I've been to Galway in Western Ireland, and it was a short boat ride away that I did not take, sorry, to the Aran Islands, uh, including Ashill Island, where part of this film was shot. And the last thing I want to talk about is uh, Watership Down. Now, I've not read the book. I did see the earlier animated adaptation, but mm -hmm. it was done as a four-part miniseries for the BBC uh, in 2018. And this is a story about a group of animals that are forced to leave their home because of human development in their natural environment. They fall under the spell of, it's kind of like Animal Farm, where there's a bully animal, a, a rabbit that wants to dominate everybody and force them to live under his control and so on. Essentially, this is the same plot as the two Avatar movies. Yeah. You <laughs> watch out. <laughs> Yeah, I hadn't thought about it, but actually, you're you're right. So 
that's it. A little bit of horror. Uh, it's not the the dominant feature, but it is certainly memorable in different ways in these different programs I mentioned. All right. Well, thank you very much, folks. Tell us what you're watching, what you're anticipating. Tell us what you're giving thumbs up or thumbs down. Our email address is talkingpics at kcck.org. For Professor Phil Brown and Mr. Denny Lynch, I'm Hollis Monroe on Jazz 88.3 KCCK.